0: Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest, Alex Pewitt. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, this University of Michigan graduate has been seen in national tours of Legally Blonde, Young Frankenstein, and A Christmas Story, played riff in West Side Story in Paris, and is currently in Hadestown on Broadway, where he is in the Worker's Chorus and Understudies Hades. Please welcome Alex Pewett. Hi. Hello. I like the scenery behind you.
1: Oh, thank you. These are my babies.
0: Aw, amazing.
1: Yeah. Hi there.
0: <laughs> Hi. How are you today?
1: I'm I'm good. A little tired, but good. How are you?
0: <laughs> good. Same. I was actually just in, I'm in Texas now, but I was in New York this past weekend working at a benefit concert
1: nice
0: that was fun doing social media for it and it was nonstop, but it was a blast
1: very cool very cool where in texas are you
0: um dallas texas
1: okay nice
0: yes it how how is uh i know you got like injured last week how how are you
1: yeah i'm okay i it's been a gradual thing just the the way the choreography is in the show it started wearing on my shoulder and i was like i need to go get this checked out yeah i I mean the
0: choreography isn't easy in the show so
1: and you know it's broadway so it just it's just you just do it over and over and over again so Mm -hmm. we're gonna be just fine
0: yeah eight times a week (laughs) oh yeah on repeat so I want to get it speaking of Broadway. I want to get into how you first started with theater. Have you always known you wanted to be a theater performer? And when was the moment you realized?
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always known, but I was I guess I was it was probably like my fifth birthday. My parents took me to see a um, like a youth, a youth theater production of Snow White. And it was probably absolutely terrible, but I was like mesmerized and hooked. And I remember at intermission, they called me on stage because it was my birthday and I was in front of an audience for the first time. And after I got off stage, I turned to my parents and we both have this memory. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to do more of that. And so they signed me up for theater classes and the rest is... Pretty much history.
0: That's history. <laughs> was it like a Lithgow kind of production, like a Panto production?
1: Oh no! I mean, it was just like a really bad production of Snow White with like terrible dialogue and like I'm sure they like wrote the music themselves. I mean, it was like yeah, yeah. From like the couple pictures I have of like that moment, it was like a pretty busted production. But like, it didn't matter, right? Like, yeah. I think that's like the beautiful part of theater is like you know the fact that like me as a five-year-old was so transfixed and like by this art form that i'd never seen before it didn't matter how good or bad it was right and i think that's kind of the beauty of theater sometimes is it just like transported me into this other world and made me want to do what they were doing
0: and i saw something about your first role ever on your website so (laughs) Can you tell everyone what your first role in a theater show was? Because oh, yeah. It was mentioned. Sure.
1: Well, I had the pivotal starring role of Frog Number One in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Narnia. They did, they made it, I think, like, now that I'm older and I've actually been able to, like, uh, I talked to, I, whatever, I worked with somebody who actually did this original production, Theater Works, um, okay. the theater company wrote this musical about the line, the witch in the wardrobe. And so this youth theater back in Ohio where I'm from did it. And so I was the frog and I had this big like pillow of a frog thing like attached to my head and these like gloves and tights and like, and I was the happiest I've ever been. It was everything I'd ever wanted. I, I remember it so clearly and just being, it was like the happiest I'd ever been as a kid. And I was like, this, I'm, I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life. Like I knew it, I knew it immediately.
0: And your parents are in the audience going, my my son's playing this role.
1: Oh so, yeah, like- well, this is actually a kind of a great story. My grandmother who, rest in peace, she was my biggest number one fan. And she, one day the power went out when the at the show that she was coming to see and they close the curtain and she walks up onto the stage in her high heels and fur coat and opens the curtain and goes Alex is it are you okay honey. I was mortified, but she came and saw every performance and she was she was there from you know beginning to end. Oh
0: my goodness, and I did some theater productions as a, I did like children's theater productions as a child. Did you get to like go around and like sign people's programs afterwards?
1: Oh yeah. And I felt like such a star, right? <laughs> like I was like, you want my autograph frog number one? Well. Oh yeah. I felt like it was like, I was hooked. I was hooked by the audience. I was hooked by all the attention I was getting after. And I think most importantly, I was hooked by like performing and like being able to like be in this world and like, and this community of like other kids that like to do what I like to do and like all of it, you know, it's, it's so magical.
0: Yes, it is. It, it's just magical being a part of the whole scene. Yeah. So before I get into col- your college career, I want to ask um what was your favorite regional show that you think helped you along the way growing up?
1: Pre college, you mean? Yes. Oh boy, that's a tough question. Um, that the biggest one that helped me along the way. Well, so I actually did a production of um, "Bye Bye Birdie" with um, through uh, Pittsburgh Civic Light Opera (PCLO). Yeah. So I, I lived in Ohio, but the but PCLO, this great regional theater, did a co-production with uh, Playhouse Square. So I grew up in Cle- uh, outside of Cleveland, Ohio. And so we had a great theater community yeah. in Cleveland. And so they did this co-production and Rue McClanahan, who was um, on the Golden Girls, for those of you watchers uh-huh. that know who McClanahan is. Uh, so she was she was starring in it. And so it was my first time being on like a big, big stage like that and being with these people that had been on Broadway. And I was, oh God, I think I was like 13. And it was my first time just being in such a professional production. And like that I think is what really was the hook, line and sinker for me to be like, oh, this is what it is. Like being on this big of a stage with like, like these people and like, the whole thing was just like such an incredible experience that, Again, I knew when I was six years old, but like that was the moment where I was like, oh, now I need to start really taking this seriously.
0: Yeah, you got like the practice and stuff, you probably like rehearsals and oh, yeah. everything in.
1: Oh yeah, being in that huge rehearsal studio with these people and the sets and the, it was just like the grand, it was the first time I'd been in such, something sl- like so grand, like with big sets and like, and all these costumes and you know it was was a step up from like the youth theater that i had been doing as a child so that that was that was a really cool moment
0: what a cool opportunity yeah so i saw that you went to university of michigan
1: did go blue
0: has a great theater program Mm -hmm. so why did you choose to go there and what was the most valuable lesson you learned there?
1: yeah so i I had looked at a bunch of schools, and I had auditioned at a couple, and it was... I I got into two very good schools, and I won't say the other one, but it was a very, very... another great musical theater program. And I was going back and forth between the two, and when I went and visited Michigan, uh, the students, the faculty, everyone kind of just, like, embraced me and, and were like, we're like, oh, we want you to come. You're like, this school is so great. Like everyone was talking. It, it felt like a family. It felt very like supportive and um, nurturing. Uh, and this other school I went to, it was still a great school. And I have a lot of friends that went there and loved it. it, it I, I didn't get that vibe. And so I also wanted to be like, I loved Ann Arbor. I loved the college campus. I loved the feel of it. It felt like you were just at like college. And I really wanted that experience. And so, yeah, I fell in love with it. And uh, yeah, and I, I never looked back. I I'm, I'm, do not regret that decision. It was the best. And then the most valuable lesson I've, I learned there. I mean, I learned a lot, obviously. Um, I would say the most valuable lesson that I learned you know, this business is really hard. It's, it, it, it's really hard and nothing about it is linear. And while I don't think I figured that out in college, I do think that I learned to there to not take things personally. And that was a really big lesson, because, you know, it's so easy when you're auditioning and when you're getting cast in shows, especially at college or like, you know, it's easy to take things so personally, right? When like 9.9 times out of 10, it isn't about you. And so when I was up for roles at college or up for roles in like little student productions or whatever, and I didn't get them, it was like my first kind of big rejection and you know, the faculty was there to coach us and be like, look, it's not about you. It's about these puzzle pieces. It's about, it's about all these other factors that don't involve you. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I've taken, not just like in theater, right. But in life in general.
0: Yeah. I mean, the theater industry I've learned, especially like from this, these interviews, super competitive, like even more competitive than I thought. Oh, but yeah. like, so is life. So is life in general. Like mm-hmm. everything you go after in life is your are Competing, you're kind of like competing against other people, but you can't compare yourself to other people. Otherwise, no, not, You know what?
1: Of- and now that you say that the, one of the first days of freshman year, our, the head of our department at the time, who was a wonderful, incredible mentor and an educator. He said to us, you know, during your four years here and after you graduate, don't look side to side, right? Like, like you need to look straight on because if you look side to side and you start comparing yourself to other people, everyone's journey is different, right? So this person who's like next to you over here, their path is gonna look a lot different than yours, right? They might go up and then go down and go up at different times that you do. And it has no reflection on your own journey. And so that's another thing I think that again, as you were just saying, is not just helpful in the business, but it's helpful in life.
0: And this is actually a question I just thought of that I've never asked anyone before. So how do you go about admiring someone else's work without comparing yourself to that person?
1: (laughs) Oh, that is the age old question, isn't it? You know, I don't know that there's like a one size fits all answer for that. I think for me, it took a long time to get there. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, right, like, um, while I had a lot of successes in my career, um, you know, since graduating from college, it's, I've I've struggled like a lot, a lot, a lot. And so it's been hard for me sometimes to watch peers, to watch friends, to watch people, again, that I've admired from afar and like continue to get the success while I'm kind of still like working my side jobs and like doing this. And I think the moment, well, what is helpful in those moments is to remember that I, I belong in this business too, right? I belong in the world. Like, like I am my own person. And like, it, it, this, this unfounding belief in myself, knowing that like, no, 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 my moment's going to come. It's going to come. It might not come tomorrow. It might not come next year, but like my moment's going to come. And my moment has come in some ways, right? Like I've I've had a lot of things that I can celebrate, but like yes. that moment, that like, that Tony award, that Broadway show, that that amazing role on a national tour, like my moment's gonna come for that too. And I can rest easy knowing that, that if I keep going, it'll come. And I can be happy for this person in the meantime. And that doesn't mean that like I'm a failure because they got something else.
0: Yes, so true. I mean, I can imagine how hard it is to, watch and be like, don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself because be like being happy for friends is so wonderful.
1: Totally it's, but, but it is something that I, at least for me, it, it, it took years for me to like, and really internalize that. Right. Cause you can like say that all you want. Right. Don't compare yourself. Like your moment's coming right. but until you like really feel that in your heart and like deep in your like body nothing you can keep saying to yourself is gonna make you feel that way. So that's the kind of thing that you just need. And I think it does come with like experience and like being in the business for a while and like, you know, developing that confidence and that, that, you know, belief.
0: Believing in yourself, yes. So I wanna talk about your first national tour. Sure. I read it it was Legally Blonde.
1: Sure was.
0: So that is, A really cool tour to book right like a first tour to book because it had it had and still has such a big fan base Mm -hmm. so first of all what was your audition process like for the tour
1: sure okay so i graduated college in may of a certain year and, uh, so I graduated in May and then I went to do shows at the Muni in St. Louis. Oh. So I was doing, yeah, so that's how I got my equity card. I actually got my equity card the summer before, but I, I went back what? to do, doing a production of 42nd Street. And so this was right after I graduated college in like May, June, I was doing 42nd Street and the agent that I booked from my senior showcase called me, it was my very first, uh, been like my second audition. And he was like, hey, I know you're in St. Louis, but this role just opened up in the Le- Blonde National Tour. We think you'd be perfect for it. Can you fly in? And what? so I talked to the director of the Muni and he's like, you can miss one day. And so I flew back to New York City. I auditioned for the show. I was there all day. And at the end of that day at like, I think it was like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, we were still there. And the casting director came out and was like, you booked it, you start rehearsals tomorrow.
0: Oh my goodness, how quick. It was so quick so
1: so that my agent had to call the Muni and be like, hey, so we know he's under contract there, but he just booked this tour, really big deal. And they were very gracious and they let me out of my contract. And then I went right from there, picked up my suit. I flew back to St. Louis, packed up my suitcase and then flew out to the national tour and started the next day. It was wow. it was wild. It was very quick. It was one of those things where like four days before I had no idea that in four yeah. days I would be starting rehearsals for a first national tour of a hit Broadway show.
0: Yeah, oh my goodness. So they knew exactly, they knew that day that they were casting that day and they wanted to find someone that day and they were like, oh, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah, so it got I got lucky because, well, I got lucky because the person who was leaving, it was it was kind of like a short notice thing. And so they wanted to bring someone ASAP. So they knew that this audition was gonna happen. They were just gonna like do quick, quick, quick. They weren't gonna do any callbacks. They were gonna call in the like 15, 20 people that they thought were super right for this role. And then we sang, we danced, we act, we read, we did it for the full creative team. Like it all happened. It was an all day event, which was kind of nice because there was no like waiting to hear if you got the call back or like really preparing and thinking about it. Because for me, and we can get into this later, where I mess, where I get tripped up is with auditions is thinking too hard. If I think too hard and I start psyching myself out, that's when I stumble and fall so this was kind of just like we're just gonna rip the band-aid off and get it all done right away
0: yep overthinking is killer and i'll definitely get into that later because very important topic so as i mentioned legally blonde very popular what was it like getting to take that national tour on the road to the hometowns of excited fans of the show who had listened to the cast album who might not have been able to go to New York City to mm-hmm. see the show.
1: Well that and that's the beauty of national tours, right? Is you can take the show and bring it to people that don't have the resources, the opportunity to come to New York City. I mean, I was one of those super fans of Legally Blonde too. Like I had seen it on Broadway, I had watched the MTV special, like I I loved it. And so I couldn't believe that I was going to be in that show. I was like, wait, I'm going to be on the national tour of this show. Like I get to be in it. I don't just get to watch it every night. I was like, this is so awesome. It was, you know, it was a wild, it was wild. It was the best part of the whole process was just like you said, going to see these, so going to these towns and seeing people loved that show. Still love it. And. And we had so many incredible fans that would just be at the stage door and just telling us all these stories about uh, the show, like help them get through high school, help them get through middle school, help. Like it was a lot of, it was a lot of younger kids that like the show, like really meant something to them. And you know, when you're doing a show eight times a week and you're just like kind of in the run of it and like you ultimately just start to like, you know, it's a job and it's, it's fun, but like, you're just kind of doing it. And then when you hear those stories, you're like, oh right what I'm doing it it actually means something to people like and that's really wonderful and that show especially right it just had such a cult following and it was so much fun to do it was it was a lot of fun
0: why do you think it still has such oh it still has that cult following to this day
1: Mm -hmm. I think the music is great I think some of those songs are just so catchy and so fun. And I think that story of El Woods is just like really inspiring to people. Like, you know, you're told that you, you're told, you know, that you are one thing and you can't ever stray from that. And you have to live in your box and that's kind of your life. And then El Woods goes, absolutely not. Like I am so much bigger and better than what everyone thinks of me. And then goes and achieves it. Like, that's yes. such a hero story that like, I think we can all relate to in some way. And I don't know, I, I just think it's a, it's a wildly inspiring story that like, if you don't give up, if you if, don't give up, if you continue to persist, so it, will, it will happen for you. And again, it might not happen in the timeline that you want it to happen in, but it will happen.
0: Yep, yep, it speaks to everyone.
1: It does. It's just fun. Like, come on, like, what you want, like, that band number, I mean, the jump rope number, like, it's fun. It's just this, like, fun show to watch on top of it being, like, a great story and, like, with great characters and a great message.
0: Yeah, one of those shows you could go see over and over again. Totally. Yes, and that, I mean, people love theater shows like that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So another popular show you've been a part of was West Side Story, which I saw you got to do in Paris. Yeah. What was it like getting to perform and do something you love in mm-hmm. a city like Paris?
1: That, that experience was wild. So that was another one where I, I, I was a replacement of the riff. So the, the, it was the international tour of West Side Story. Yep. And they were doing a sit down in Paris for three months. Wow. And actually, my very good friend, Andy Jones, was riff at the time, and right before they got to Paris, he booked Cinderella on Broadway, oh. and so we were looking for a replacement for him to do the run in Paris. And whatever, I auditioned, I was like, I'm not gonna get this, like, I don't look like a riff, I, whatever, I'll go to the audition, but like, there is no way I'm gonna get this. That's yeah. when it always happens. Well. And so I, it was, it was, I think I only had a couple weeks and then I like rehearsed in New York for a week and then flew to Paris, rehearsed for a week and then went on. And that was, that was incredible because a lot of people in France and Paris speak English, but like it was one of those things where there were also subtitles in the show, but that we were at the theater du Chatelet and I'm sure I'm pronouncing that in the worst accent possible but the theater, these like old time, like European theater houses are huge and ornate and, and just, oh, they're just like rich. They're nothing like you see in the States. And so getting to perform that show with like a 30 piece orchestra and a huge set and like for people who were moved to tears. I mean, fans there were not like fans here. They were they were so you know it's so funny you, you think Parisians you know are oh sure. and like stuck up and like but they were so gracious and they That's just because they don't get a ton of musical theater over there yeah and so and they love a tragedy they love a tragedy yeah. and so <laughs> that they, story yes they just I mean we were sold out every night it was it was magical and to do a show in like this this city. I'd never been to Paris before. So like, you that was work. like, I got to live in Paris for three months. Like, how amazing is that? Like, and when, like, that's why I also love this business is because like, when would I ever get to go to Paris for three months and just like live and get to like have my coffee shop and like this and get paid for it. And again, like a month before that, I didn't know I was going to be living in Paris for three months. Like, this business is wild and so unpredictable, so unpredictable. And that was an experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll cherish that forever. That was amazing.
0: Oh, my goodness. That sounds like the best. I mean, everyone dreams of going to Paris if they don't live there. So right. what an experience.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: How do you stay healthy, both physically and mentally on a tour?
1: Mm. Oof, that's hard one. Tour is. Tour is tough, especially if you are... So I've done three national tours. And, you know, they're... I've been very thankful that they've they've been equity tours. So there were no one-nighters, there were no that. Honestly, for those of you who have done that, I give you, I think you are saints and heroes. I don't know how you do it. And I I, I think people that do that are superheroes, truly. I, I, I can't oh, even imagine. But you know, we would have times where we would be like in a city for a week and then on our day off we would travel and then do the show for a week and then on our day off travel. Like we would have a couple <laughs> week stretches like that. You know, it's hard. You you have to rest. I think rest is the most important thing you can possibly do. I think that's a hard thing as performers to do is because we want to be like well, we have to like go to the gym and we have to and keep, keep ourselves active and like ready, but like nothing's going to happen if you're tired and not rested and your body is, you know, exhausted. So rest to me was the number one thing that kind of saved me. The eating thing was challenging in certain cities like Memphis or where I feel like there wasn't a vegetable in sight. Um, and I was also was I vegetarian. at the time. I was vegetarian <laughs> one of the tours, um, I'm now completely vegan. So I would imagine being on tour would be even more
0: challenging now, but
1: but it's like, it's not like going out drinking every night. It's not, it's, it's really like listening to what your body needs. It's, it's not an easy schedule. And it's, it's, it's very difficult to be on tour and to then do the same show eight times a week. so yeah, I thought, I mean, it's like the same cliche stuff, right? Eating well, staying hydrated, being healthy, not partying every night. There were weeks and times when I didn't follow that and when the show was extra hard and really difficult, but you know.
0: Yeah, you gotta have fun.
1: And you do, it. it's a balance, right? Life is a balance. You know, yeah. you, can't, you can't, you know, deprive yourself of everything and you can't have everything. You gotta just find yourself somewhere in that middle path.
0: You just gotta, most of the time maybe make sure to get food before the show so after the show you're not only picking from like the fast food restaurant
1: <laughs> yes ideally yes
0: which hey love a fast food restaurant but
1: sure. and you got to treat yourself every once in a while
0: yeah exactly taco bell i love it <laughs> <laughs> so before i get into Town. I want to talk about, you did the developmental lab for Chasing Rainbows Mm -hmm. and I've been really interested in that show since I heard about it. So what is Chasing Rainbows about and how did you get involved with it?
1: Sure, so Chasing Rainbows is the, is the story of Judy Garland right in her childhood. So like right up until she gets, it ends with Wizard of Oz. Like that is the last moment of the show. Which is cool so it's a lot about her family life and the big struggles of her family like her father who was a huge influence on her you know there was very problematic and was having relationships with other people and drinking you know it like it, it was a very challenging relationship but it was also about how it like helped form her into like the star that she was and the early mgm days and studio days the music is beautiful The the book is fabulous like it, it's a really great show and I, I hope it has a life out you know I know you know I hope I hope they can continue to do it
0: I hope so too I really want to see it someday yeah. so what is it like being a part of a musical in its developmental stages oh
1: it's so exciting it's exciting it's thrilling you you, you don't know what you don't know what it is so there are so low your expectations, they're not low. They're just, they're set differently, right? You can't, you you, you don't know what's gonna happen, right? Like the the book, the music, everything was changing every single day. And which as an artist, I think is the most exciting thing in the world to be like. Oh, we're going to take this character in a completely new direction oh we're going to add a new scene for your character oh my gosh that's great i get to play i get to find more nuances i get to find more facets of this character that i didn't even know existed yesterday and i think it is i th- i hope that every actor can be a part of the development of a new show in whatever form in some way just because it's very different than just like getting the script of a musical or a show that's been around forever and doing it, or a show that's been running and is frozen and set and you have to plug yourself into. This, you can be a part of that collaborative process and it's, yeah, it's a dream come true. I can't wait to do it again.
0: And I'm sure it's exciting watching where the musical goes and how it changes along the way, even from like, even when you're not involved in the show.
1: Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. I mean, the creative process like life is not linear. So like there are times where you're like, oh my God, this show's gonna be great. This shows gonna be great. Ooh, maybe that doesn't work. Maybe that's a setback. Maybe there's something they can do. Oh, but the writers see that. Oh, now they're improving it. Like yep. it's this constant like roller coaster that is just a thrill to be on.
0: Yes. So I want to talk about Hades Town because what? A great Broadway debut yeah. <laughs> to have. I love Hadestown. What was your audition process like for Hadestown? What had you heard about Hadestown pre-auditioning?
1: Sure. So before I got Hadestown, I had never seen the show, oh never saw God. it, uh, which, of course, after I saw it for the first time, after I booked it, I was like, how did I never see this? Right. But, um, but I, I knew some of the music. Um, I knew some of the people in it. And so I've, I had a lot of people that would see it all the time. Be like, oh my God, this would be such a great show for you. There's a perfect part in it for you. Um, and so I was like, I was always intrigued, but I like, I never went and saw it. So I had been auditioning for the show for about two and a half years. So right before the shutdown, I went in for the national tour. Okay. And I was in for the national tour all the way up until final callbacks. And then the week of final callbacks was the shutdown. And so they kind of just obviously stopped auditioning. And they picked back up in, God, it was like May of 2021, they started doing auditions again for the national tour. So I went, I was going back in for the national tour. Well, going back in meaning I was auditioning over Zoom. Yep. And that was an
0: interesting. Oh my gosh.
1: That was having a final callback for the full creative team over zoom in like a rehearsal studio while I'm like trying to navigate like the tech. It was I just can't wait to never do that again. Um,
0: Wi-Fi working.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh my, the whole thing. I was like in a rehearsal studio and there are like people like outside like talking and I'm like trying to like be in the scene with like looking at the full creative team just like down the side of my computer screen. It was a mess. So then I went in for the national tour all summer, didn't end up booking it. And then a little under a year later, I get an audition or I get an appointment from my agent for the track that I'm currently now on Broadway. And I got that email and I was like, this is it. I knew it. Well, I I knew without a doubt there was like this like comfort, this ease that came over me. I was like, this is my job. I'm gonna book this. And it wasn't like a, it wasn't an arrogance. It wasn't like a, it was just like a knowing, like I I was like, I I felt it like in my heart. Cause leading up to this audition, I, you know, I think I've been doing this for a while. I've been in this business for a while maybe i haven't had a broadway show but i've i've, I've done a lot and i've i've i failed a lot right and i think fail you you learn from failure and i had always thought that a job was going to make me happy i'd always like gone into an audition being like this is the job i need to be happy to move on to xyz either way the job i needed for something and sometimes i booked those jobs and sometimes i didn't and it was right before this audition where I was kind of having this troubled relationship with show business. Do I still want to do this? It's so difficult. Like the lifestyle is so hard. I love it, but am I, how much longer am I willing to do this? And I was kind of like, you know, I'm going to give it one more year. I'm going to really give this like one more year. And if something happens, great. And if it doesn't, I'll be okay. I have an amazing husband. I have a dog. I have my plants. I have I have a great life. Like I don't need show business to make me happy. I want it to add to my life experience, but I don't need it to be a complete whole person. And so when I got this audition, I was like I'm going to get this. Yes. Want this. But if I don't get it, I'll be fine. Like I'll be I'll be I'll be a little sad, but I'll be okay. And so I got the audition. It was the first part was a self tape. So we had to film ourselves doing a whole bunch of stuff. And then after that self tape, there was an in-person callback. And so I go to the callback. It's me and about like 15 other people. And the whole time I just felt this ease. I just felt like I wasn't like, I didn't feel this desperation. I didn't feel this, like, I need this. I need this. I was just like, I'm going to have a good time. I'm just going to have a good time and be myself and hope that that's enough. And the creative team for this show, I also got very lucky. The creative team casting is wonderful. They are kind. They are collaborative. They were present. Like everything about the creative team, Rachel, David, Liam, Duncan, the casting director. I mean, everyone in that room was just like, that you could tell they really wanted you to succeed and so anyway, so I, I did the audition and it went great. And then I found out I have a final callback on a Friday, and so I go back in and I'm it's like super, super pumped and I'm like. I'm ready to like do this, and I felt good about what I was doing and I do the final callback and then afterwards the casting director comes out and he's like okay. This this decision is going to move very quickly because we want the person to, whoever gets this to start next week, so you will know an answer by the end of the day today. And I was like great awesome five o'clock rolls around six o'clock rolls around seven o'clock rolls around. I don't hear anything
0: staring at your phone.
1: Oh so, yeah exactly so I call my agent and I was like hey you gotta tell me like you gotta find out something right like I don't care if it's yeah. no I don't care if it's maybe just like. Help me, I can't go through the weekend with just like waiting to know. And somebody's just like, I got it, I got it. Five minutes later, I get a call from them. And she's like, okay, so things are looking good. They all want you, but they need final approval from Anais Mitchell, who is the oh. creator of the show. Yeah, they filmed the audition. They're like, they have to send it to her. You'll get an answer by Monday. So they're like, you can, don't celebrate yet, but it's looking good It's
0: looking really good yeah
1: and so that's on Friday and so I have to go the whole weekend being like okay I maybe got this but I didn't get it yet and look I have been in this exact same situation before and the rug was pulled out underneath me so I have learned in my years in this business just because someone says that until that contract is in front of me
0: nothing's. I take everything
1: with a grain of salt So it was hard, right? To try and detach myself from the excitement of that to the reality of the situation. It was a long weekend. Monday, I I finally got the call on Monday. And my agent said, you know, the offer came through. You got the job. You're making your Broadway debut. And and then I start rehearsals the next day.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Two and a half weeks later, I was in the show.
0: Did you even get (laughs) sleep that weekend, though? No, oh you're, you're just like up, like making sure you didn't mess a call at like 3 a.m.
1: Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I mean, I, it's like part of me knew that I wasn't going to actually hear until Monday, but there was a small part that was like, maybe they'll like tell me like a little early. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really hard. It was, you know, I, the only person I told obviously was my husband. So like, we, there was just the two of us. Like, he, he helped calm me down and like, maybe he's like, just be present, be in this moment. Like, he helped me stay grounded, but it was it was a tough weekend. Yet there was still this assurance that, like, I was like, no, but this is my job. Like, I know this is my job, and like, I know anything can happen in this business, and I know that like things like this have happened to me before. But like, there was still this deep knowing that, like, no, I I got this.
0: You kind of manifested it. For I
1: totally believe I manifested it, I, I and believe- I believe that the right job came at the right time. Right, no. like. This is my Broadway debut. In a show that is so beautiful and so, this the the role I'm in just fits me like a glove. Like to all, it caters to all my skill sets, and and it I don't know I get it. It feels like it came at the right time in my life. Also, when I sort of made this decision that I don't need show business to make me happy, I can feel very I feel very settled and grounded in my life, and that's when this huge opportunity came to me. If this opportunity would have came to me I mean, five years ago four years ago i don't know that i would have booked it i don't know that i would i just believe that the right thing happens at the right time for the right person and again i said it earlier it didn't happen in the timeline that i wanted to i thought i would book my broadway show a year or two out of college it took me 13 years out of college but it happened because i i persisted going. I, And I kept believing in myself.
0: Yes. I think that's really important to point out that, hey, if if your Broadway debut doesn't happen right when you get out of college, like, that's okay. It's rare that it does.
1: Absolutely. 100%. It rarely does. And yes, it happens to, it, it does happen to some people. And for me, I love Michigan. I'm so happy I went there but it was kind of difficult to go to a school where so many people graduated and had a lot of success. And I had a lot of success too. I didn't have my Broadway show, but I have, again, I had yeah. on, I had these great jobs, but it wasn't that Broadway show that I was sort of conditioned to believe is the end all be all, which while it's incredible and while it's been a dream come true, I also know that it's not, I still had an amazing career before my broadway show like i did amazing things with amazing people and had amazing artistic deeply creative experiences that weren't on broadway and i had a very fulfilling career and i am so grateful to be in this broadway show and i do think because it took me as long as it did i'm able to deeply appreciate it because i did struggle for a lot to get there um but it doesn't it doesn't happen for everybody right away and those were not the stories that i was told in college i was sort of we were always told hey this person graduated three years later is getting nominated for a tony Award. this person graduated and a day later they booked a broadway show and they haven't stopped working and while those stories are great and inspiring i i wish i would have been told a story hey this person graduated they've kind of been struggling a lot they've been close they haven't quite gotten it. They've gotten great regional gigs. And then 15 years later, they book their first Broadway show. I didn't hear that story. And so I guess I, I wish, I, I I hope that someone watching this or listening to this can hear that, that like it doesn't happen in a timeline that is linear. It doesn't happen in a timeline that you can ever predict, but. It can happen if you just continue to stay on the course, keep those, keep, keep your gaze forward. Again, things like we talked about, not looking side to side, not comparing yourself and knowing that it can happen for you too if, if you just keep going.
0: Yes, and you got to take shows to people, you got to perform shows for people who might never get to go to a Broadway show to New York City
1: absolutely you know my therapist he's amazing and he only works with artists and he always says that artists are like shaman and because like the work that you do is like is very important to other people right like taking shows and he's like you are called to go you are called to do where you're supposed you're where you're meant to be so like if you're meant to be in Washington, DC, doing a regional theater, like to take a show and like give someone in DC that experience, that's where you're meant to be. That's where you're called to go. And like, it's not, you're not always gonna be called to be in New York City because there are, there's a lot of art here, right, but there's not a lot of art in Des Moines, Iowa, in Sacramento, California, and all these places that like, they need artists too. And so sometimes you gotta go there and do the work. And I just got lucky that this time I happened to be called to be in New York.
0: Yes. And you, and you get your plants in the background. And yes, and I get the,
1: to be home.
0: You get, yeah. You don't have to like, oh, can someone water my plants? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I don't trust anybody else to water my plants.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, my that's like my mom wouldn't ever trust me to take care of her plants. Yeah. she'd be <laughs> like, no, enjoy. absolutely not.
1: Stop. and if you want more plant content i just started a broadway plant daddy instagram
0: so follow
1: me at broadway plant daddy
0: oh i'm gonna put that in the, just that in the lower thirds for sure so i have to ask what was your rehearsal process like for hadestown
1: quick very quick <laughs> so like i said i had never seen the show before so my first time seeing the show was I got the job. The next day I had a music rehearsal. So I was learning the music. I'd never seen the show. And then I saw the show that night. And of course, that was like a magical experience because the show is so good and so beautiful. And so I was like, wait, I get to be a part of this piece of theater every single day like, ah." oh, it was quick. I learned I learned the entire show with, I think, like eight in eight days with like three hours of rehearsal a day yeah. so most of the work that i did i mean our dance captains are incredible shout out to t oliver reed and tara jackson and shia Oni. Okay. they are amazing and they 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 are the reason that i could learn the show that quickly but a lot of what i had to do was homework so yes i had my, i would i would absorb the information and then I would go home and for hours and hours, every waking moment, I was drilling it. I was going over music. I was going over choreography. I was renting a rehearsal studio. I was staying up late. Like I was determined to learn this as quick as possible. Cause I wanted it in my body so that when I went on for the first time, I didn't have to think so hard.
0: And of course I had to think hard, but
1: you want to be as prepared as possible. So I learned it very quickly. I think I learned the whole thing in eight days. And then the next like couple, maybe five or six days, I was just reviewing it, you know, but I was reviewing it in a rehearsal studio with no props, no sets, no, nothing. No, no other people around me. And then I got one put-in rehearsal. Well, I got one rehearsal with all the automation of the show, like all the turntables. Yeah,
0: all the turntables.
1: So I got one rehearsal with the automation.
0: Oh my gosh. The,
1: my, the day of my first show, that afternoon, I had a put-in rehearsal, which is the first time I'd ever done it with people, with anybody else.
0: So you're like, hope I don't crash into anyone.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, like, I've been watching the show every night. I've been like, I know technically what I'm supposed to do, but I've never done it. And yeah. so that afternoon I had my putter rehearsal. And then that night I was in the show for the first time.
0: Oh my gosh. What was stepping on the turntables for the first time like terrifying or exciting? <laughs> how like <laughs> how do you learn to navigate those?
1: It's it's it was it, You know what's so funny? My husband is choreographing a show at the public this summer or at the park this summer. Yes, as you like it, go see it if you're in the city. Um And they have a turntable. And we were just right before this interview, um, he was like asking me questions about the turntable. And he was saying like, you know, some of the actors are kind of scared to do it. Like, what advice do you have for them to like get used to this turntable? And the only advice I could say was like, you you just have to do it. Like, you just have to try it because you can talk about it all you want in rehearsal. But until you get on these turntables, we have three in the show that are all moving at different speeds in different directions, it's like, it's like training wheels, right? The first time I did it, I felt like a little baby deer and my legs were all wobbly. And I was like trying to get my center. And there's sometimes when you have to go from one turntable to the next as they're moving. And so you have to just like get used to it. And the first couple times, like even my first couple shows, I felt like kind of like, oh, like a little wobbly. And then of course, after you do it, you kind of know what you need to do with your body and like where you need to step. And so now I don't think about it too much, but like those first couple shows, it was just like.
0: <laughs> yes, and also you do, you do some lifting too in the show.
1: A lot of lifting.
0: So how do you learn to do the lifting and work with other people about like- That aren't there? <laughs> yeah, like work with, yeah, like how do you practice that?
1: You know, I you think know? I, and I think again, this this attests to uh, experience. Like I've been around the block enough. I've been in this business long enough that I've I've lifted many people in my career. Right, I've lifted many people and scenery and all kinds of things that I kind of know what to do. I know what I need to do, and I trust that the person who's being lifted also knows how to hold their body. And so it was the kind of thing where like I ran the lifts a couple times with them. And by a couple times, I mean like once or twice before my put-in, and then we just kind of did it. And I do think it's the thing that like, it is, I'm glad I had a lot of experience under my belt before going into this show. Like, I'm glad this wasn't a show that I got right out of college. Because even like the show like Legally Blonde that I did right out of college, like, I made a lot of mistakes. Like, I you know, I had never done a show at that, at the, on that scale, at that caliber before. And so the the best way to learn is failure. Right. And I f- failed a lot and I struggled a lot. And that's, that's how I've learned. And that's how I've been able to have this experience so that I can go into something like Katie's town, which is quick and be like, Oh, I know exactly how to lift this person because I've done this in this show and this show and this show. So I don't need to really like think about it too much. Right. Cause I know what I'm doing and like, That's the other thing with experience is that it's the only way to sort of like learn and know exactly what to do.
0: And you gotta have that mutual trust too going.
1: Absolutely, right. And I think after, you know, you do it once or twice and the other person knows you're not gonna drop them or that that they can like begin to trust you and then that just makes the ease of it all more.
0: Yes. So what was the day you made your Broadway debut like? And also I'm gonna, I'm going to put this in the same question, kind of. Do you have a favorite song in the show to sing as a worker and why?
1: Sure. So my, the debut was, was really spectacular. It was really special. My family came in from Ohio. I had my, I had a couple of my best friends in the audience. My agent was in the audience which it's so funny. Everyone's like, we want to come see your first show. And part of me was like, Can you come and see like my third show? My <laughs> yeah. fourth show? Cause that first show you do, and I experienced this when I went up for Hades for the first time. It's like, you're just you're, you're, you just want to get through it and not fall or drop anybody. That was like all I cared about, right? So I'm sure I was like in it, but like at the end of the day, I was my mind was just like, I was just like counting everything and just making sure I didn't mess it up but you know walking out onto that stage for the first time it's kind of great because the whole cast and the first one of the show everybody comes on the stage together as the house lights are up and so you do it and people a lot of people who've never seen the show don't know that's going to happen so it takes them back and they get surprised and hearing that audience for the first time and just Then the the show happens and Curtain Call comes. And I remember sitting, standing on the edge of the stage, looking up and being like, I did it. I did it. I I made my Broadway debut. Like, I'm on Broadway. The thing that I've wanted since I was six years old that took me decades to get to and of hard work and perseverance. I'm going to cry thinking about it. I did it. I got it. And that was so overwhelming to me. And then to see, like to look out. And then my family and my husband are in the like seventh row and just like crying and cheering. Like it was, I will never forget that moment as long as I live. Ever. And the cast, everyone was so supportive and like cheering me on. They decorated my dressing room afterwards. Like it was so special. They were so you know I've been a part of a lot of casts and a lot of companies and I can say for certain that this company is, they're, they're just, they're kind, they're supportive. They, nobody, everyone checks their egos at the door. And so they were able to like be there for me and celebrate me. And it was, it was a magical moment. I'll never forget it as long as I live.
0: And what is your favorite song in the workers? Oh, yeah. The thing as a worker.
1: Oh my gosh, there are, that's a, that's a hard one.
0: I think I have my favorite that the, like that all the cast is in.
1: What's your favorite?
0: Uh, The chance. both, both of them.
1: Everybody loves Chant, that's my mother's favorite song.
0: Both of them, so good. Chant,
1: I think that moment in the show is incredible. I think it, I think the way it is staged and choreographed is so smart and so perfect i think the the way the movement expresses like you know you're, you're you're introduced into into hadestown for the first time and so i think that the way that it is crafted is just so perfect and i think really helps everybody get into that world it's very hard to do <laughs>
0: i can imagine it's, i mean that involves all the turntables
1: it's turntables It's it's you're bent a lot of it's bent over and the way like it it it, it doesn't feel great in the body but it is such a cool moment and you know you know how what a cool moment it is when you're in that show I love living it up to me that number is just it's it's celebratory it's fun I get to dance you get to like you're you're with everybody and like it feels like this like group effort that we're all like doing and celebrating. So I think that's my personal favorite moment in the show. Um,
0: What's your favorite moment as Hades in the show? Because Hades is super different than being in the workers' chorus. I'm sure you have fun.
1: Hades, Hades is super different. My favorite, that's really easy for me. Chant The second chant, chant two in the second act. That moment is so fun for Hades. A, there's so much cool turntable stuff happening. And so once I got it in my body, it felt cool to do because you're, you're walking against it. You're going with it. You're like crossing them. And like, it's so seamless when it's, when it works. And that's a moment in the show where he's super cocky. He's like cocky at that point. And so I feel like that moment, I can just like, I can really channel that character and feel powerful and Yet feel this like ease about the power, and so that like when it gets to that moment where he's on top of the balcony and he's saying like I conduct the electric city, like this is my place. It's like it just like the whole number escalates to that moment. Oh god, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It's, I mean, again, so much of it is geniusly staged by Rachel, and choreographed by David, but that moment for me as Hades is just one of the coolest moments and makes me feel. Like a badass.
0: <laughs> I, I mean by that point I'm in the show whenever I'm watching is I'm just like why am I cheering for Hades during this song? Totally!
1: But I think that is a testament to the show and the writing and the staging is because you are kind of rooting for Hades, right? Like you're kind of rooting for the bad guy and I think that is a very cool and very difficult thing to achieve with a villain, right? Very much so. But it allows you to have empathy for him. It allows you to like, so that when he kind of crashes and like he gets very vulnerable, like only moments later in the show, you can really empathize with him and you and you feel for him. And that's a really,
0: that's powerful. Yes, for sure. So also, I'm curious, how do you make a role like Hades your own when you step into that role?
1: Totally, that's a great question because Patrick Page, who's been doing it now since the labs, like the workshops, he's been doing this forever. And he's so genius. I mean, he's just so good, but nobody can replicate what he does. And so, you know, I, all the understudies in this show kind of have the same, you know, and under, understudies everywhere, but I, I like think it. in the show too, where so many of these performances are really iconic. It is just about like being like, okay, I'm gonna take the things that I love what he does. There's some things where I'm like, that's genius. And I don't think I can do it better. And I wanna steal like an artist, right? Like, cause so much of art is just like taking what you see and like using it and then making it your own. But like, there's so many moments where I'm like, I wanna keep that moment. And then there are a couple moments where I'm like, what if I tried something different? And you know, I've only, I've gotten to do the role maybe like six or seven times
0: that's a good
1: amount, which is great. You know, for only being in the show less than yeah. two months, that's pretty amazing. And I have some more chances to do it later in the summer. But I think every time I did it, I was kind of like I found a new moment where I'm like, maybe I'll veer off from what Patrick does and maybe kind of start to do my own thing. And what's really nice is that our creative team celebrates that. They want that. Like the, the, our associate director, Keenan, he He was always being like, okay, like make this moment your own. He's like, don't feel like you have to do what Patrick does. Or like he said, Orpheus understudies, don't do what Reeve does. Like, and I think it it's cool. I've seen a lot of these understudies go on and they're all unbelievable. And no performance is identical to someone else's. And the fact that we can be in a company that celebrates that, that encourages that is really special.
0: Yeah, I feel like the hadestown company like in particular really does celebrate everyone in the cast for all their talents
1: absolutely and the show is it's always on it's always changing every time rachel comes back in or david comes back in to like do a brush up a moment will, a moment will change in the show nothing too crazy but like the show is not frozen necessarily so that it's it's this kind of like living breathing thing that's always evolving which is makes it really exciting to be a part of.
0: To kind of go along with that, I can see Hadestown hopefully being around for a long, long time on Broadway. Why do you think it is as popular of a show as it is? Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think the story, I think Orpheus's journey and the themes of the show are universal in a way that most shows don't hit. Right? Like we have all experienced doubt. We all know what that feels like. Like so th- those like that last those last few moments of the show, I think people are so engaged because they're like I've been there, right? Like how many times have I doubted myself and turned around? Yep. Right? Like I think the the whole the whole like for me What the show means to me is like, and what I felt learning Hades, what I felt learning the show where I had so much self doubt, right? I'm like, can I really do this? Like with Hades, I'm like, oh my God, Patrick's performance is so amazing. Like, can I ever live up to this? Can I do this? Is this something that, you know, I I had all the doubt in the world. And for me, it was like, just don't turn around, right? If I turn around and like engage with that doubt, I will fail. But if I can just keep going, right? And just know that if I can get to the other side, right? And let doubt, doubt will be there. Doubt, those fates will be there. It's always there. there. It is always, it it is inevitable. Doubt, it is all inevitable, but it is our relationship with it that determines how well we succeed. And so I think that is why this show captivates people in the way that it does is because the themes, the characters like are so relatable and we empathize with all of them for different reasons that people want to just come back and see it again and again. I mean, the music is also absolutely beautiful. The staging is great, but the way that the story is told, I think is just is so hits people in their hearts that they didn't expect. And I think that is the beautiful thing about art. And I think that is why Hadestown is so successful.
0: I, I mean, I saw it during previews in April 2019. And I, uh, I was so looking forward to it. I lived in Los Angeles for five years. So I was so looking forward to the tour going to Los Angeles. Yeah. So all my, my LA friends could see it. And I could see what they thought about it. And just seeing them post about like how amazing the show was. I was like, see, I told you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it moves people. I mean, it's every night at Curtain Call, we look out like, you know, it's great because we get to stand there and just look out in the audience and people are just moved to tears every single day. And it's, that feels very special to be a part of.
0: People are just jaw dropped by the end. Like what it, I just watched art.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely.
0: So if you could revive any Broadway show and be in it, what show would it be?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So I, what kind of got me into musical theater, why, why I fell so in love with musical theater and it has changed was those old glitzy spectacles, right? With just like huge sets and dancing and singing. So I'm going to have, I'm going to have to say 42nd Street.
0: Ooh, I know
1: that's like, you know, it's a, Don't strike me down for saying it's kind of a dumb show, but it's, it's really silly and frivolous, but it, that show brings me so much joy. I've done the show many times. I think that opening number is thrilling. That the revival they did in 2005 was, or 2000, 2001 was unbelievable, unbelievable to watch that show. Um, I don't know. I'd love to be, I would love to do a revival of 42nd street.
0: There's something about the old shows that are just fantastic. I mean, I just saw the revival of Funny Girl, and yeah. I'm like, it's so different than modern shows.
1: It is, and I it just it's it's an escape in a different way, right? Like, yeah, they're they're funny, they're silly, and a lot of the good ones though has, still have some heart to them, so you can still feel right. It's, but it it is. They're they're very different, and I I don't know. I I love them in a different way than I love something like a modern musical like Hadestown. Town. Yes. I still love it. Like, to me, that's why I fell in love with musical theater.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I want to get into audition tips. Do you have any audition tips for people, whether they're starting out in the industry, just graduating college, or have been in the industry for a while and maybe they are, like, struggling a little bit?
1: Sure, 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 sure.
0: People feel like they're struggling.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I kind of touched on this earlier, but... I mean, there's all the cliche things, right, that you hear all the time, right? Don't take anything personally. Um, Be yourself. Which all of these things are—they're very valid, right? Like, I believe the reason I got hate was because I went in that room and I was myself, right? Like, I didn't try to like put on an act. I wasn't trying to like be somebody that I wasn't because ultimately they want to work. They're going to want to work with you, not this like version of you. So yes, all of those things stand. But for me, and again, I said this earlier, you don't need that job to make you happy. You don't need that job to be a complete whole person. Hopefully, if you get that job, it will add to your experience. But like, you're gonna audition hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and get a handful of them. And that's everybody, right? Like every single actor has auditioned way more than they've ever booked a job. And so all you can truly do is your best and be yourself, but like, you don't need that job to make you happy. And you'll, if you get it, fabulous. But like, it's if you can go in just knowing that I'll be okay, I will be okay uh, on the other side of this, regardless of what happens, regardless of whether I bomb it or don't bomb it, or, or get it or don't get it. You know, it. it at the end of the day, you will be okay. And the right thing is gonna come when it's supposed to happen. So frankly, although I look back at the things that I really wanted and didn't get, and now in hindsight, I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't get that job then because then I wouldn't have had this experience. Then I wouldn't have been able to go to this life event. And I wouldn't have booked this show and met this person and all of this. Like, it's all cosmic, right? Like my wonderful therapist always says, all the roles have been cast already. Like it's all been cast and now it's just showing up and doing the thing and seeing where you've landed in that pile and like, and to know that it's not gonna be linear. Like you will then, you will get great jobs and then you might go a year without working and then you'll book another great job. And then you might book some smaller jobs that maybe don't pay as well. Like the whole, it, it's ultimately, I do believe we move in this forward direction, but it does this right like it's not it's not a clear path
0: yep kind of a roller coaster ride sometimes
1: yeah absolutely
0: who inspires you in the theater world is there anyone in particular
1: um yeah I mean who inspires me in the theater world I mean I would say my teachers. I know that that's not like, I know you wanted like a I big Broadway actor name. No, but I love that. My teachers are the ones that continue to inspire me. I'm actually, I'm, I just started coaching again with one of my favorite teachers from college who I hadn't worked with in a long time. And I finally was like, you know what? I need someone who can like inspire me again because I need to be re-inspired. And so I reached out to her and I was like, can we work together again? And to me, just working with her and being able to coach with her. And like those to me are the people that are inspiring because they, they continue to do the work. They continue to teach emerging artists, like these artists that have either been in the business or coming up in the business. And I I personally wouldn't be anywhere without the people that have helped me along the way. And so I'm going to say my teachers.
0: I love that answer. It, that, that's a really good answer. Thank you. Okay. So, before I get to my last question, where can people follow you on social media to keep up with you?
1: Sure. You can follow me uh, at APUET, So that's A P U E T T E. Not on Twitter, but I'm on Instagram. And again, if you want to see some fun more, more plants, yes. I'm trying to intersect theater and plants. So, you can follow at Broadway Plant Daddy.
0: Does all the cast know so they can get you plants?
1: Oh, yeah. I've already, sta- I've already started helping Joelle Blackman, our Persephone, get plants for her dressing room. I'm helping the Fate dressing room. I just got a- help yeah. them buy a pro light. I'm sorry. I actually just got a text from one of my other castmates. He was like, help me with this plant. I have a home that's dying.
0: SOS. <laughs> what so. do I do to save it? <laughs> so we'll see. So lastly, besides the plants, do you have anything you want to promote or talk about? Um, or you can just promote Hades Town and be like, okay. "I was gonna
1: say, come see Hades Town. It's the cast is changing. We just T. Oliver Reed just went in as Hermes. Yes. And he is fabulous. He is unbelievable. Come back and see the show. Follow me on Pro- Broadway Plant Daddy if you want some good plant tips and to see some good plant photos. Um, and just go see a Broadway show. Go support art, no matter where you are. Go see your community theater, go see your regional theaters, go see the concerts. Like they need you just as much as you need them.
0: Yes. Yes, they do. Absolutely true. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on my interview series today. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking me. with you and hearing about your career. And I look forward to getting back to New York and seeing and seeing you in the cast of Hades Town.
1: Come on back. We'll be there.
0: I love Hades Town. I can see it multiple times.
1: Me
0: too. (laughs) Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.